Listening to 101.9 FM CITR here in Canada, <clears throat> sorry, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. It's UBC Campus Radio. The show in question is Stereoscopic Readout. I'm your host, Darren, and tonight is the final night of um, our CanCon July, our look at the uh, garage rock, psych, freak beat, uh, prog rock, and other such things that emanated from Canada in the 60s. So we started with the Maritimes in English Quebec, then we went to French Quebec, then we did Ontario, then we did the Prairies last week, which was Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta. And tonight we land here at home in British Columbia. So it's going to be mainly Vancouver. Um, I think, I believe there's something from Prince George in there. And there's definitely something from what is now known as Maple Ridge. <laughs> what what's your people call Maple Ridge? My people call Haney or Wanak or that other place. Um, anyway, uh, started things off with The Collectors. That was Lydia Purple. That's probably their best known song other than Looking at a Baby, which we're going to be hearing later. But uh, from their self-titled debut album released in 1968, Recorded in Los Angeles for Warner's um, Lydia Purple. Uh, if you go on YouTube, you will see that there is a video. They actually released a video. So if you think that videos were something created in the 80s, you're dead wrong. Um, it's got a uh, video of them performing around town. A lot of the stuff they're doing is filmed on top of the then brand spanking new Pacific. Pacific Palisades Hotel and Residences, uh, just off uh, Robson Street. <clears throat> but uh, you can also see a couple other things, such as that three-pointed um, apartment block 
on the south end of the Burrard Bridge, which is now painted a lovely shade of avocado. But um, I'm going to guess that back then it was probably painted a lighter color because it seems it's black and white video, but it seems to be painted a lighter color than that. Um, anyway, Vancouver. So not unlike other places in Canada, Vancouver was a very R&B centric town. Uh, if you think about the area, which is now known as Maine and Hastings and, um, venues such as the recently got a new lease on life, smiling Buddha cabaret, which is now the SB cafe, I believe. But uh, that whole area around Maine and Hastings um, carrying towards downtown on Long Hastings was the place to go. If you wanted to go out on a Saturday night and party, that was it. That was where all the dance halls were, all the nightclubs, all the bars were. Um, Vancouver being a port town, uh, very heavy on the people who just sort of uh, were in town, you know, ships, crews being in town loggers and miners um sort of being coming through at the end of their work season so it was a very rough and tumble area and people wanted you know place to drink place to listen to you know rough and ready blues r&b soul music and you know hook up for the night as the saying goes these days uh around 1966 I mean, you know, Vancouver's obviously influenced by the uh, inf by the uh, British invasion, but around 1966, you started getting this um, influx of folk rock bands, and uh, the second sort of area of Vancouver nightlife sprang up, and that was along Robson Street. Now, you might um, think, what the hell, knowing ro what Robson Street looks like these days, but back in the day, it was... Um, the sort of area that the German and, you know, I guess the German-speaking community of Vancouver gravitated towards. It was chock-a-block of German coffee houses and conditori and places like that. A lot of them would host, you know, all-night uh, folk sessions and things like that. Um, and it kind of acquired the nickname Robsenstrasse, which is still the name of a hotel in the area. But uh, that was sort of like the secondary. If you wanted to listen to like R&B and blues, you went down to Maine and Hastings. If you wanted to listen to folk music, you went to Robson Street. And then <clears throat> with the advent of, you know, the psychedelic area, era in uh, 1967, or, you know, as, as early as 1966, the Kitsilano area started uh, to come into its own. So you had... I mean, the epicenter of that whole scene would have been the uh, Russian Community Center, which is still there. I think it's 2440 West 4th, but uh, it's definitely still the West. Uh, I mean, sorry, the uh, Russian Community Center. You may be familiar with it if you went down to Katsilano Festival this uh, a few weeks ago. But uh, that kind of carried on until 68, and then you had the Retinal Circus Ballroom at... Davy and Berard, which is now celebrities. So you had three sort of eras of the uh, Vancouver music scene. We're going to be looking at two of them mainly. We're going to sort of touch on the R&B and soul thing, but uh, not a lot of that was recorded. Um, there's the Silver Chalice Review, which had a, a recording out at the time, but a lot of them were just sort of, uh, they were more professional bands, which were quite well paid by um, 
even today's standards. Uh, but a lot of their sort of repertoire was, you know, R&B and soul standards, like In the Midnight Hour, Mustang Sally, things like that. Uh, what we're going to be listening to a lot of is garage rock and psych and some folk rock. But uh, we're going to kick things off with uh, probably what I think is one of the more epic Vancouver releases of that day. This is uh, The Nocturnals.
longest issue of Discorder is here. Be sure to pick up a copy around town, or check it out online at discorder.ca, and catch features on Pat Locke, Dirty Spells, Horses Records, The Beelines, and so much more. Also be sure to peep the Discorder playlist, now available through SoundCloud. And a very special thank you to this issue's advertisers, Audio Pile Records, CCEC Credit Union, Catalano Street Party, LiveVan.com, The Ponderosa Festival, The Queer Arts Festival, The Rickshaw Theatre, Rifflandia, The Media Club, Vancouver Fetish Weekend, Vancouver Fringe Festival, Vancouver Queer Film Festival, The Victory Square Block Party, and Vinyl Records. Are you looking for a volunteer opportunity that fits your schedule? Being a big sister takes less time than you think, and you can choose the volunteer opportunity that fits your life. Spend just one hour a week as a study buddy, tutor, or two hours a week as a big sister. Check out the various mentoring programs at Big Sisters of BC Lower Mainland and find a volunteer position and a little sister that will suit you to a T. Visit bigsisters.bc.ca for more information today.
And we're back on 101.9 FM CITR. Uh, you're listening to the final installment of Stereoscopic Readouts, Trip Across Canada um, in the 1960s. So uh, that set, kind of giving you an example of the nascent garage rock soul sound in Vancouver around 65, 66. Uh, Nocturnals with If This Ain't Love started that off. Um to be that's that is a true Vancouver classic. They were um that was the sound they had. They actually not in that song uh that song doesn't really sort of expose their um uh, sort of uh, brass section that they had, but uh they did have a brass section. They did actually a few re- years ago release a uh, retrospective CD of the stuff that they uh put out over the course of their career. But um they didn't really adapt to uh, changing times and ended up breaking up in around 1968. Uh, Shockers after them with a cover of the Spencer Davis group, Somebody Help Me. Uh, Shadrachs after that with Call Up the Man. And that last thing you heard there was a good example of uh, that sort of soul sound that you would have heard down around Maine and Hastings back in the day. Um, King Size. Um Another of the garage rock bands, which actually made it pretty good in BC, um, because back then a band could actually make a good living off touring, uh, you know, the interior and uh, places like, you know, in uh, the interior of, say, Alberta and uh, points further east was the Northwest Company. They started around 1965 and... uh, they didn't break up until about the uh, early to mid seventies. Um, and they changed with the times, but, uh, they were one of the more successful bands, but, uh, they didn't really, they don't really get the, the press that, um, some of the other bands we're going to be listening to in a moment, uh, did because they didn't really have any sort of international ex- success, but they certainly did really well on the, you know, their bread and butter was touring the Island, touring up North, touring in Alberta, um, touring out in the, uh, Kootenays. And they did, they did, they did that relentlessly, um, you know, until the 1970s and, uh, Northwest company hailing from what is now Maple Ridge back in the day, they were from the part of Maple Ridge known as Haney. So anybody listening who knows where that is, um, probably be cracking a grin by now, but anyway, um, if you're also interested, they were all somewhat, they were something of a mainstay on let's go, which was the after school sort of teen oriented uh music programming that was on the cbc in the 60s um and if you go on uh, youtube for example you'll see them uh making quite a few appearances and a lot of the times covering stuff like um for example covering the uh richie haven's song no opportunity necessary no experience required um which i found really odd because it's also a song that popped up on uh the second Yes album as a cover. But anyway, uh, enough talking. i got a lot of stuff to come through or to get through by uh, 9 o'clock when Ben takes over with Live from Thunderbird Radio Hell. So we're just going to get going here. Um, it's because it's coming up on the top of the hour, so the CRT, CRTC wants me to tell you it's 101.9 FM CITR, and this is The Northwest Company.
back with you on 101.9 FM CITR here in Vancouver. It's Stereoscopic Readout, and it's uh, the final night of our July-long look at the Garage Rock and Psych of Canada during the 1960s. Um, Yeah, it did kind of start off as an idea of doing, like, instead of a Canada Day special, how about a Canada Month special? So uh, here we are. Anyway, that was a set I was... It was a bit of a long one. Um, Northwest Company off the top there, hailing from Haney um, out in the valley. Well, out in the suburbs anyway. Um, You heard Get Away From It All and Hard to Cry. Those were the A and B sides of a single released in 1967. And Time for Everyone, which was released in 1968. Um, If you're thinking like, you know, if you look at the way especially if you listen to, I think, uh, classic rock radio, um, that things had a specific timeline, like, you know, stuff that was released in 66 had this sound, stuff that was released in 67 had this sound, etc. You'd be right as far as I think Britain and the U.S. were concerned. But if you look at the, the things which were released, I guess, in more rural areas of the U.S. or the provinces in britain or australia or canada or elsewhere in the world things lagged a little bit so i think uh you know it's kind of like somewhere else like say in the states a a record like hard to cry being released in 67 would have been almost like really passe but um not in canada and i think uh you know it, it it's it's a fantastically raunchy song which I think also really fits in well with the whole Pacific Northwest sound, you know, the whole uh, Sonics and Whalers and, you know, Kingsman kind of idiom. Uh, Tom Northcott trio after that with uh, Let Me Know and Just Don't. Tom Northcott was uh, one of the local success stories back then. He, um, he had a trio including uh, Rick Ends on bass, who I'm going to get to in a minute. But uh, they did a month-long residency at the Matrix in San Francisco, which was the club owned by the Jefferson Airplane. Uh, they did some really casual, unannounced sort of uh, slots with uh, the Great Society and uh, the Jefferson Airplane while they were down there. And uh, Tom Northcott got a solo contract with Warners through uh, Lenny Waronker, who, uh, if you're familiar with the history of Warner Brothers records uh you should know who he is uh but he released the rest of the other two members of the band and Rick Enns ended up back in Vancouver and played for a band called the United Empire Loyalists who you heard after that with uh the two sides of the only single they officially released during their uh existence Afraid of the Dark which was the B-side you heard first and then No 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 which was a cover of Willie Cobb's blues standard which they probably would have learned through the grateful dead who came north in 1966 to play the first trips festival at the garden auditorium at the peony along with big brother and the holding company and i think country joe and the fish but i might not be correct on that count but uh painted ship person uh certainly played that show and the uh, band were so impressed by the Grateful Dead, their manager actually convinced them to stay for an entire week and play the Afterthought, which is the club he was running at the 
at the time it was at the down pender auditorium that was at pender auditorium which is sadly no longer there if you re- were around in the late 90s and early 2000s and you remember Ms. t's cabaret that was the building that Ms. t's cabaret was in upstairs it was an old uh, union hall and uh, unfortunately that burned down a little over 10 years ago but uh that moved from the pender auditorium to the russian community center on fourth as i mentioned earlier and uh we will be hearing again from the united empire loyalists again at the end of the show um because they were one of the big acts in vancouver they never really and they never really made it outside of the lower mainland but they were certainly uh playing quite a bit um in the 60s gonna carry on after these messages with uh probably the biggest band to come out of vancouver during that period and you'll find out who that is in a couple of minutes liveband.com is vancouver's community driven concert calendar new shows are added daily by the city's most active promoters musicians and by the driving force of the music scene the fans LiveVan.com's listings are different because they are integrated with profiles updated by bands and business owners as they promote upcoming events. Check out the archives to see how closely we've worked within the community to put on the shows you love. Visit LiveMusicVancouver.com for the latest independent and major label event listings. LiveVan.com, Vancouver's community-driven concert calendar. Now repeat after me. Bugger off. Bugger off. Sod. Sod. Bloody. Bloody. Now put them all together. Bugger off, you bloody sod. Bugger off, you bloody sod. Okay, you're in. Let's smash things up. Every Saturday, from noon to 1 p.m., listen to Generation Annihilation on CITR 101.9 FM, UBC Radio, in Vancouver.
Shopback Festival is an annual anti-capitalist, all ages, DIY, feminist music festival, by and for people of color, gay, trans, queer, indigenous people, and women. Shopback is celebrating its third year smashing patriarchy, full weekend of workshops, live music, and for the first time, an all-day anarchist book fair, taking place on unceded post-sales territories on August 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th, 2014. Are you not sure where to go on campus? Traveling late at night and afraid to go alone? Call SafeWalk, a free service where a co-ed team will take you anywhere you need to go on campus. Don't walk alone. For a walk, add SafeWalk to your phone. Call 604-822-5355. That's 604-822-5355. Alternatively, use a UBC Blue phone and ask for SafeWalk. Approach any SafeWalk team or drop by our office on the main floor of the sub across from the gallery lounge. Hey, we're coming into the final 15 minutes of this episode of Stereoscopic Readout here on 101.9 FM. And I'm your host, Darren, and I'm almost out of here. Ben is up next, as he always is, from 9 to 11 with Live from Thunderbird Radio Hell. Um, another quite long set. I don't think I'll get to everything I wanted to play tonight. I'm only so far cut one song out of the playlist. But anyway, <clears throat> God, where did I start? Uh, collectors off the top. That was, did I say collectors? Yeah, okay. That was quite a while ago. Uh, Collectors with Looking at a Baby. That was their first official single as the Collectors. Before that, they were known as the Classics, the Canadian Classics, the Seafun Classics. And then they changed their name to the Collectors when they uh, started recording for Warners, who released two albums of theirs uh, through a subsidiary. But they got U.S. release. Um they were liked well enough in uh, San Francisco, but roundly hated in New York City. Um, but that seemed to be the way it went for every West Coast band back then. Uh, you heard Looking at a Baby, which was the, I think it was the dual A side of their first single released in 67. Um, and you also heard Listen to the Words, which was the B side to their second single also released in 1967. Uh, Mock Duck after that with Do Re Mi. Uh, that's another band featuring Mr. Rick Enns, uh, erstwhile of the United Empire Loyalists and the Tom Northcott trio. Uh, there's a period when the Loyalists split up for a bit and um, Rick Enns partnered up with Joe Mock and a couple other people, including Glenn Hendrickson, who was playing drums for the Loyalists at that point. Um, you heard Do Re Mi, uh, two songs by Vancouver's legendary, and I don't use that word lightly, uh, The Painted Ship. Uh, you heard Frustration and Little White Lies, which were the A and B sides of their first single. Uh, Frustration was supposed to have been the A side, but being signed to Mercury Records in the States and London Records here in Canada, um, the major label didn't really feel it was hit material, so the... B-side, Little White Lies, was uh, diverted to the A-side of that. Um, William Tell and the Marksman with Mary Jane, uh, One Way Street with Tears, and then two songs from a uh, 
sort of an EP compilation by Rolls-Royce Bookings. It was called Live from Vancouver and featured four bands, The Rain, who you heard with Sea of Dreams, excuse me, and The Sound Set with Mind in a Bottle were on that, including um, also featuring Vancouver Soul Act, The Silver Chalice Review, and a band called The Look, whom we're going to be hearing from in the next set. Uh, and very quickly, got to get to that set. So uh, kicking this one off was a band. Now, try not to hold this against them. It's kind of a campy single. It's very Doorsy, but it's also sort of very serious in a uh, almost ironically earnest fashion. But uh, it's called Are You a Monkey? And it's by The Winter's Green, who would later um turn into a shitty band called Trooper but we try not to hold that against them anyway this is Winter's Green
pretty much the end of the show for this week um two songs in that one winter's green with are you a monkey and uh the look another band from the uh live from our royals royce bookings presents live from vancouver uh with in a world unfortunately i'm gonna have to cut another song out of the set for this week but uh i'm glad if you're tuned in for all good god one two three four five episodes this month uh for a look back at the Canadian music of the 1960s. Uh, thank you very much. I hope you got something out of it. Um, and uh, that is it. Next week we are back 
with our regular programming. We're going to be listening to some new Shimmering Stars. We're going to be listening to some new Always. We're going to be going back to listening to some newer stuff, which came out before this um, sort of vacation from reality, as it were. I um, hope you join us then. But uh, for now, this is uh, United Empire Loyalists again. As I mentioned earlier, they started out in 65, 66, and you heard the only single that they released while they were around. Well, they ended up releasing a um, compilation album of sorts in the late 90s called Notes from the Underground. And it's got some live recordings, uh, some reunion live recordings, uh, some audio tracks from a uh, an appearance on a CBC TV show called uh, Enterprise, which they did in early 68, and uh, some very late demos that they did as a three-piece in 1970. And we're going to be leaving you with uh, something from the 1970 sessions. This is, it's an original composition called uh, Looking and Searching, but if you're familiar with the um, Grateful Dead opus, that's it for the other one. You may remember, you may recognize this riff. Anyway, that's it for me. Um, Ben's not in. But, sorry, Evan Simons is Sorry, it's Simmons? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm quite sorry. I always get that wrong. It's Evan Simmons is going to be covering for Ben this week on Live from Thunderbird Radio Hell, and he's here right now. Anyway, uh, United Empire Loyalists, that's, that's it for me. Oh. Wrong song.
Hello, hello, it's um, Thunderbird Radio Hell, I'm Evan Simmons, and this band is called Tough Age, and it says that Tough Age is culmination rock, the sound of four radical adults with shared decades of experience, chops, and killer record collections coming together to create charismatic, idiosyncratic pop songs for the ages. This song is called The Heart of Juliet Jones, I think it's an old comic or something. We'll 